uh, after a journey of over two years and three months, this episode marks the end of uh, this chapter of this project. It does, it does. I would like to put a pause, perhaps. A pause? Uh, and it's been a journey of uh, a very interesting nature, Pastor, when we started out doing this podcast with uh, really the vision of uh, providing uh, not really a different angle, but a, an additional angle of, of, of trying to review, trying to uh, work into uh, the biblical text using the quarterly lesson. Yes, the idea of let us go deeper is to seek the mind as much spiritual truth in a practical way from these lessons so that the Bible would live and have practical value to our Christian lives. Yeah, and I do hope that we have delivered on some of that value at least. Um, and I know personally, the journey has taken us into so many areas that I could not have explored outside of the kind of conversations we've had with you. Uh, and for the many listeners probably who don't know or who don't see how we get to sit across each other and tackle this, it's really a, a real life experience. We, we don't set out with uh, any sort of framework of where the conversation will go necessarily. We tried to go at these issues from a, a, a visceral perspective, the, 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 the natural the held positions that we have. Yes, so we, we, we study, we look at the scripture, and then we see how our dialogue raises new nuances and, and angles, new ways of light to the discussion. So, so sometimes we go off script of what we were, thought we would deal with because we see where the lesson seems to be taking us. Yeah. And ultimately, it, it is all about how, how am I benefiting? Yeah. How, how am I growing? Is my understanding of God and his purpose and his will clearer or not? That has always been our desire. And I'm hoping, as you said, that for many who have made this journey with us, they can say, yeah, I have grown. I've understood the word of God even more since listening to Let Us Go Deeper. Yeah, and even more practically that I have become better uh, as a believer. I have become more uh, authentic, more uh, more more richer in my experience of the faith. Uh, which is ultimately the journey we, we hope that our listeners have been on. And for me, and as much as you have confessed, Pastor, this has been truly a blessing, even as we take this break, this pause here. And so today we are doing this final episode on the last chapter of the book of Daniel and, and the mini journey of this season as we work through the book of ja- Daniel has been a, an interesting one because even as I thought about what we're going to be doing today, I wondered what what sense is somebody supposed to have when you read through and work through the book of Daniel and come to the end? Uh, what, what, how does, you, how is your heart posture and your sense of the future meant to be affected by this? I believe, and as we have looked at Daniel, that it is supposed to give us a foundation for the present and hope for the future and confidence for the future. Because Daniel, more than perhaps any other great book of the Bible, with the exception of Revelation, put on full display God's foreknowledge and his sovereignty. God knows what will happen. He genuinely knows what the future will bring. But not only does he know as a passive observer, 
but through his providence and interaction, his well-timed interventions in history, he can steer things towards that glorious result we are all hoping for. Which is meant to be comforting yes. and uh, reassuring in a world that seems so uncertain and so full of chaos. In fact, Daniel chapter 12 brings that out even more dramatically, this reassurance that comes in the turbulence. If you remember the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 21 was going to Rome on the ship and there was a storm. And, and, and Luke says, we all despaired for our lives because they had thrown over the tackle, they had lightened the ship of its cargo, but the winds were just driving the ship and they had lost control. And the only thing waiting for them was death. He said, we despaired. But then an angel appeared to Paul and says, do not fear. You will arrive in Rome. And as a result of that, not only that, as a reward for your faithfulness, I have given you every life on the ship. Not one person will die from this ship. Mm-hmm. And Paul then approaches Centuria. He says, take heart, people. Eat something. People weren't eating. They were scared. Death is staring us in the face. We can't eat. Paul says, people eat. For an angel appeared unto me and assured me there will be no loss of life. Mm-hmm. So take heart. Paul himself took heart mm-hmm. and he ate which encouraged the others to eat. So it's kind of interesting that Daniel had an angel explaining things to him, just as Paul had an angel assuring him. So in a real sense, to know how the book ends, to know how the journey ends, helps you when you're in the middle of the journey wondering how it will end. Yes. Precisely. And, and you know, the comfort is not even so much in having the knowledge of how it will end, but having the confidence in he who has the knowledge of how it will end. And knowing it will end as he proposed, yes. because he has the ability to do so, to intervene mm-hmm. in key moments to guide, so to speak, this ship into the harbor. In our case, it would be unto the shores of the New Jerusalem to go to Canaan and, and to enter into God's kingdom. Daniel needed that assurance and the angel gave, gave it to him. So prophecy has a present reality as much as it points to the future. The present reality is as I am going through my crisis, I am assured of how it will end. But I'm also able to tell what's going to happen. So it's happened. So I'm not caught off guard. I'm not caught surprised jesus said when you see these things begin to appear know that i've told you before it happens so that when it happens you will believe and at the same time look up your redemption is drawing nice as things get worse the promises it's gonna get better yeah Yeah. we are close because it's getting better yeah yeah and and i i really appreciate that point of even as we get so taken up by our own situation because again prophecy does force us to lift our eyes and see the bigger play the bigger picture not get lost in our own situation because our situation um, is only a, a part of the bigger picture of what god is doing in history think coronavirus which is the big thing now schools shut down 
universities, churches closing, a lot of turmoil. But do you know, Joel, what is the worst part of this pandemic? What creates this great anxiety in the world? The fact that we don't know how it's going to end. It's out of our control. We do the best to contain, we do the best, but we really don't know how it's going to end. How many people will be infected? How long will we be infected? How many people will die? Uncertainty creates fear. Do you? I will agree with that. Uncertainty creates fear. The unknown. It's fear of the unknown. And, and it's fear of uh, not knowing the end of it. Yes. But when you know, it helps. I remember as a kid looking at TV, you know, there was a, a mantra we always used. The star never dies. So sometimes you're looking at Mission Impossible, whatever have you, and we see the star in a situation that seems as he will die. And you're all nervous and somebody will pipe up. Anyway, I know stars don't die. So that immediately eased your anxiety and tension. He's the star. He won't die. He'll get out of this. In a Somehow, sense, some way. Even, yeah. a, even as things look dim, even as it looks injured <laughs> yeah. or uh, hot. He'll get out because he is the star. Mm. In a sense, when we look at these prophecies of Daniel, we are sure we're going to get out because he's the star. He will, at the end, triumph. Mm. In fact, let's look at Daniel chapter 1, 1 to maybe 4 and see. Chapter 1, 1 through 4. No, chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> It reads, At that time Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation. Even to that time, and at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Wow, there's so much here, Joel. Let's unpack this somewhat. At that time, what time are we referring to? Daniel chapter 11. Remember we talked about at the time of the end, the king of the south will engage him in battle and the king of the north will storm against him. The turmoil, the struggle between the king of the north, the king of the south. In this context of Daniel eleven forty onwards, we have moved from the literal physical kingdoms of Egypt and Babylon or the Seleucians in the north or the Romans even. And now we are spiritual Egypt, which is like atheism. Who is God? I should listen to, to him. I don't care about God. And paganism, all these other gods and systems of religion that compete for our true faith in God, including, we believe, like the papacy, which has sort of usurped Christ's role by having a man call himself the vicar of Christ on the earth, etc. And that turmoil between these systems of worship, of worldview, 
God's people are caught in between. And so the angel says at that time, and that time of the time of the end, with all this turmoil that's taking place, who should stand up? Michael, the prince. So who, who do you think Michael is? And this is a character that we touched on earlier on, I think, in uh, chapter 11 uh, as well. And chapter 10. Chapter 10. Yes. Michael represents uh, Jesus himself. Why do you say that? Because of the of the place in the story where he's, he comes in to rescue not only uh, Gabriel, but here it says the, the great prince who stands watch, watch over the sons of your people. Yes. And the very name, who is like God, is a challenge. And we know names in the Bible represent character, experience, etc. So, Michael, who is like God? It's a challenge. Who could stand up before God? If you remember, Revelation chapter 12 also talks about, in chapter 12, verse 7 to 9, it says there was war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the devil. So we see one prince, one leader, and another leader, the two great spiritual leaders who fight for supremacy in the world, Christ and Lucifer, Satan, and Michael cast him out mm-hmm. of heaven. So whenever we see the name Michael, it is it is always in the context of war, that great spiritual war between good and evil, between God and Satan. And the very name who is like God and the power demonstrated tell us that Michael is, as you said, Jesus, the great prince. We go back to chapter 9, it talks about the great prince who will give his life for his people and rescue his people. Jesus Christ would stand up and standing here or will arise is talking about someone taking a position of protection, of dominance. I'm rising for war. I'm rising to take action. Mm-hmm. And do you know, Joel, sometimes it seems as though God is idle. He's not stepping in. Have you ever felt that with something? Like, where are you going? Why, why aren't you stepping into my situation? Right. This is the imagery here. Michael is stepping into the situation to take control and to protect his people. And it says there will be a time of trouble or distress. Because at this time, with all that's taking place in the world, there will be suffering as we have not imagined. Coronavirus is a joke. To the kind of social upheaval, health upheaval, pestilence and economic upheaval that will take place then. A time of trouble has never been. I shudder to think what it would be like to live during that time of trouble. And that's precisely why Michael has to stand up for his people to protect them. And it says all those whose names are written in the book will be delivered. Which book are we talking about? Yeah, we'll presume it's the book of life. Yes. So the Bible talked about the book of life. We're all God's professed children are recorded and there's a book of remembrance where all our deeds are are recorded. Malachi talks about this book of remembrance. So every good thing you do is remembered. Praise God for that. Just as God says, I will cast your sins where? At the bottom of the ocean, as far as the east from the west, I'll remember them no more. 
our good deeds are remembered. I, I love God for that. Because in the world, what do people remember? The bad. <laughs> yes, and they forget the good. Yeah. Somebody said once, he said, I do something good, nobody remembers. I do something bad, nobody forgets. I am glad God flips that script. He remembers the good. So those whose names are written in the book of life will be rescued because their, their good deeds, their, their faithfulness is also recorded there to stand as a witness of their worthiness sent into the kingdom of God. And those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and who lead others to righteousness. Like what we are doing here, seeking to lead others to righteousness. What you do on your job, what you do in your community to remind people. And I think coronavirus was a great opportunity for God's church to shine like stars, to lead people to righteousness, lead people to hope in God at a time when governments are saying, we don't know how to contain this thing. This was a great opportunity to shine like the stars. And he says in that time when Michael comes, some will arise from the dust, some to everlasting shame and contempt, some to everlasting life. We believe that those people who denied Christ, who crucified him, may be part of that resurrection. That's some who will arise to see him come in power and glory. Because he did tell Caiaphas, if you remember, mm-hmm. he said, are you the son of God? He says, you say so, and it is coming a day when you shall see the son of man appear in power and glory. He told them, one day you will see it. We believe it's referring to guys like these who denied Christ, and Christ did tell them, you will see the son of man come with power and good glory. But a text that has been misused over the years, Joel, it says, seal the book until the time of the end. Many will go here and there or run to and fro. Mm-hmm. And knowledge shall increase. Yeah, this text has been abused. How have you heard people use this text before? People literally uh, uh, in the world being he- chaotic as they go back and forth trying to figure out the way out. Yeah, like people traveling to Kenya and traveling across to Europe and coming to America, just swish-washing over the globe here and there. And knowledge increased. People used to say it means that we have scientific knowledge, you know, and men will go to Mars, etc. But really what the angel was saying simply is knowledge of the book of the prophecies will be increased. This is knowledge. And the going to and fro is is an is a Hebrew expression, idiom of rapidly running your eyes over the page reading. To and fro. That's what it means. It's saying when the time of the end comes, people will be drawn to study the book of Daniel and understand these prophecies. And as they read back and forth the scriptures and these prophecies, their knowledge of what is being told and explained will be increased. So is, is that seen as a positive in that light, in that sense? It's, it, it is supposed to be a, a positive. Because in many ways, the other interpretation lends it as a negative, as something yes pointing to a, a problematic time. Yes, people just going back and forth, running here and there. No, yeah. this is an intentional looking at the scriptures to gain an understanding of what God's will is. So in many ways, this is encouraging and maybe even... Uh, empowering us to pursue this journey of really uh, studying, studying and getting to seeking know. Seeking to understand yeah. the message of these prophecies of Daniel. So let's keep moving on from verse 5. Then I, 
Daniel looked, and there stood two others, one on this riverbank and the other on that riverbank. And one said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, How shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven, and saw by him who lives forever, that it shall be for a time, times and half a time. And there, and when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. This reminds us of a scene in Revelation chapter 10 where there's this mighty angel, one foot on the sea, one foot on the land, who swears towards him who lives forever and ever with his hands uplifted. Again, a representation, obviously, of, of the Christ, the glorious enthroned Christ who controls all, who is over all, and swearing by God, these things are true and they will happen as prophesied. This is the imagery that's being born out here. And the act, the question of how long will it be, a time, times, and a half a time, three years, times a year, times two years, plus a half time, three and a half years. As some Adventists, we believe it represents prophetic time in which one day represents a year. So three and a half years would be 1,260 days, and if a day is a year, it would be 1,260 years. As similar Adventists, we believe this represents the reign of the papacy from 538 to 1798, that time when the papacy like, was in its greatest power and controlling everything. There are other Bible scholars who read this as literal time from the time of the stoning, Christ's death to the stoning of Stephen, three and a half years. It says when the power of the holy people, who would be the holy people? The people of God, the Israelites. Yes, is broken. Mm-hmm. When they lost their sovereignty, when God gave up on them, that all will be fulfilled, including in 1780 when the Jewish nation as a nation ceased to exist until 1948 when they were returned to Israel. Sometimes when you look at this prophecy, Joel, you you see where it could be that, that all of Daniel's prophecies will dovetail and end in AD 70, that when the Jewish nation rejected from God's special ambassadors to the world and finally destroyed that Daniel's prophecies end at the destruction of Jerusalem, and then Revelation picks up from there forward. As some adventure, we see a parallel between Daniel's prophecies and Revelation, that this time is not literal time, but what we call prophetic time, meaning it's really 1,260 years. Take your pick, but recognize something. God is saying there is a time when things will happen, and there is a time when things will end based on his own foreknowledge and sovereignty. So there's never any evil that will endure forever. No situation that goes on forever. And God is telling his people, hold on, because there is a time appointed for the resolution of these situations. Whether you see it as the destruction of Jerusalem when the holy people, God's people, are no more, or whether you see this extending to 1798 when the papacy is broken 
and now God has a chance to um, encourage the great awakening that happens around that time and begin to make people aware of his coming. The great awakening was a time when in North America and places in Europe and, and other parts of the world there were preachers beginning to say, people repent. The time of the end is here. God is going to end this thing and Christ will return. Repent. And it caused a great revival of, of Bible Christianity in America in Europe and other parts of the world, part of that revival was the Millerite movement from which some of the Adventists are born. Yeah. And so the, in terms of the interpretation of frameworks pastor that you're referring to here, it's a balance really that we should run because in many ways there's, uh, there's every likelihood that we can maybe just uh, hold on to one interpretation and really be fixed on to it. Uh, and, and imagine that there's no room for another uh, way of seeing how this could be interpreted. Yes. And you and I are some of the Adventists. We believe our doctrine. We, we've held on to this for many years. And even now, even as I examine the possibilities, there's still that penchant, that, that leaning towards our traditional interpretation as being solid as well. But one has to also ex- accept the possibility that other sincere Bible students are looking at these prophecies where the scripture says in the time of the end, these prophecies will explode and people will be examining these prophecies to find out what they're all about and even knowledge will be increased are coming up with somewhat different interpretations. But what I've noticed though, whether you accept our interpretation or that of others, the message continues to be the same. There's a great war that is fought on this physical plane. Kingdoms battling and warring and stuff that we see. But behind that, controlling that even, is a spiritual war between the forces of good and evil. And God in his sovereignty is saying evil will not reign forever. Hallelujah. Suffering and pain will not go on unchecked. Because I will intervene and put a stop to things. And I've put things in my own divine control and knowledge and foreknowledge. So that when that time comes, things will happen that in the human realm will seem miraculous, coincidental, strange. Well, how did that happen? But a part of my own plan to put an end to evil. You know, World War II, but for a few key battles, we could have been speaking German. No, we would not have been speaking German because the, the German was all about the master white race and etc. But Hitler was really advancing through Europe with plans to take England and, and other countries and, and England had no defense when the Germans were going to come through the English Channel and bomb England and then move, keep moving forward and the Japanese were also conquering and yet when the German planes were coming through the English Channel there was a fog that seemed to appear from nowhere disorienting pilots and, and, and throwing the Luftwaffe in, in, in disarray the Battle of Normandy the weather helped in other words Thing that had nothing to do with the planning of man, but nature, 
things out of our control that stepped in and prevented a bloodbath, prevented... Are you with me? Right. This is the divine hand of God stepping in, intervening in these key moments to turn the tide of history even. And, and, and that is the message I believe we need to get out of Daniel ultimately. Evil will not go unchecked. And even when we see things happening on the earth and men are trying their best and like coronavirus, you know, the trajectory that has been used of where this will go and how many people will be infected, how many people may die, etc. And then out of the blue, in an unexplained manner, we see things turn back and say, how does this happen? The divine hand intervening. And, and that's, that's the, where the reassurance comes from, Pastor, because I think for many of us, uh, as we focus in on the events of the day and even into the future, they overwhelm us because they are beyond our control. They are beyond our capacity to change. Yes. And we are helpless in light of that. And that is why this message is so important. Let's read till the end, from 8 to the end. That reads, Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, My Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from that time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. But you, go your way till the end, for you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. Yes. Wow. I heard, but I did not understand. Do you realize how many times Daniel mentioned the fact that he doesn't understand? Multiple times. Numerous yes. times. That tells us something. That even prophets are not omniscient they are only wise when God is infusing them with knowledge and understanding. Hmm. It also tells us that oftentimes the prophet saw things that he could not fully process. It will be under scope for Daniel. This whole prophetic scenario was beyond his scope. Daniel's mindset, his reference was the Jews spending 70 years in Babylon and then returning to Jerusalem. As that time approached, he became excited. God's people are going to return to their homeland. The vision came and threw him for a loop because he's seeing 2,300 evening mornings, 2,300 years. He's seeing about 490 years and he's bewildered he said my lord this doesn't make sense because one prophet said one thing that is jeremiah 70 years and now i'm hearing something different so god has to take daniel 
outside of the realm of his humanity and of his own Jewish people to that greater reality that this message, this gospel, this war is not going to just end when you go back to your land. Your people will go back to their country and build the walls and do all of that. But this goes way beyond. I'm giving you a courtesy tour of history mm. because I love you. You're, you're the greatly beloved of heaven. But Daniel is still perplexed because he's still not able to grasp all that is happening. And that is why he keeps saying, I don't understand. I don't understand. Because his mind and his worldview was set on his people in Jerusalem, right there in Palestine, in their Old Testament period. Daniel can even begin to picture New Testament realities. Daniel can even begin to project the 2020, the year 2020, way outside of his vision. And that in itself, Joel, is a kind of eye-opener for us. We tend to limit our view to that which we know. To have lenses that see things only through our eyes, through the, the colors that we have been given. And sometimes God has to remove these lenses and, and show us another reality. Give us telescopes to see beyond what we are seeing. Mm -hmm. This is what has happened to Daniel. And even now we're still saying, you know, I don't understand. And the angel says, Daniel, don't worry. Don't worry. You're taken care of. You go your way till the end. You will rest. And then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your prize, your allotted inheritance. You've done your part. You rest. Which tells me, Joel, our focus has to be on present reality. How, how am I living today? Yes, I know prophecy pro predicts this. Mm -hmm. This will happen, that will happen. Your duty and my duty is about living now. Mm -hmm. Because regardless of what happens out there, if you have not lived right here, you're not going to make it to that inheritance that is yours. Do you think as believers we miss that uh, often? Oftentimes we do. Oftentimes we do. We miss present reality. Or as we said in earlier seasons, present practice. While looking forward to what is to come. Mm. So coronavirus comes and everybody, time of the end, you know, Jesus coming, people prepare. Look, this is a sign Jesus is coming. But we see it with a panic. Because we recognize if I get afflicted with a coronavirus, I might die. And where will I spend eternity? So I better make it right now. Daniel didn't have to do that. He was already a man greatly beloved of God. So even as he tried to understand the prophetic scenario, and this is, this is important. He's trying to understand the prophetic scenario. What will happen? How will, how will this be? The angel says, this is not for you, Daniel. It is for those for whom it is going to apply. Mm -hmm. You go rest. You will receive your inheritance. In other words, instead of me sitting here in 2020 trying to figure out who the last pope will be or which president will bring in Sunday law or which what will happen in 2025 or 2022, I should be worried about how I'm living now and here in 2020 today and that's a difficult 
exercise for a lot of us believers, precisely because of books like Daniel, because they are the books that are giving us insight into the future, yet instructing yes. us to stay present. So let's go back again to verse 9. Read it again, because this ties into it all, all that we are saying. 9 reads, And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Again, we see the angels telling him, Go your way. This is not the first time. This is the second time the angel is telling him, Daniel, chill, as we would say in our mother language. And then at the end, again, he comes back and says, go your way. This is closed up and sealed until the time of the end. What is the angel telling Daniel when he says, this is closed up and sealed until the time of the end? What is he really telling Daniel? He says, you go your way. Daniel just said, I don't understand. And he said, yeah, I think it's in one way is what we've just said. It's, for to to give Daniel the license to stop being concerned for the ah, material. Yes, I love it. G- give him the license to stop being concerned and worried and trying to understand. Wow, this is so true. And that's contradictory, Pastor, in light of this knowledge being useful for us and us grasping it being an important piece of, of it. Yeah, in other words, you're saying, Daniel, even if I told you you want to understand, it's not for you. It, it doesn't apply to you. But for a Christian today, how, how where do we position ourselves? Because for many, they interpret that this applies for us here today. Yes. And in some ways, as we said earlier, when prophecy is fulfilled, as the prophecy goes along, it is taken in all these years in between. So at any given point in time, some aspect of the global prophecy is being fulfilled. So for the people for whom it pertains, they will recognize it. Hey, didn't Daniel say there would be A or B? Ah, so this is it. And then as time moves forward, this generation dies and another generation comes up. And when some other aspect of prophecy is fulfilled, that generation recognizes it. Because that's what he says here. Many will be purified and made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. So in any generation, they are the wicked and they are the wise. The wise would be those who serve God, who live righteously. And this understanding, is this what you're equating to knowing but not being concerned constantly about that knowledge? Recognizing that time frame in which they live, the prophetic relevance of the times and the circumstances in which they live, but also recognizing that God's sovereignty and foreknowledge are the assurance even as they live that particular time. And maybe they may still, like Daniel, try to figure things out. So the message to Daniel is the message given to every generation Along the continuum of time, and and it's in it, it's interesting, but I I will want you to even help us appreciate because the the call the Christian call is to live a life of love, uh, to love your neighbor mm-hmm. as you love yourself, to love God with all your heart, uh, soul, and mind. But here we have the texts of the future. How do you speak to a believer today so that 
they can truly hold these truths that Daniel is presenting in a way that is helpful and in a way that does not undermine, as again we are saying, the ability to live in the present? That's a fair question. In fact, that, that is what everybody asks because they say, well, if God gave these books, these prophetic books, it has to be to give us some sort of GPS, some indication, yes, but not in, in the way of me sitting here projecting over there, but as for me to appreciate and understand the times in which I live. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you're living here to travel to New York, there are certain places you must cross the Delaware Bridge. Before you cross the Delaware Bridge, you're, you're not over there yet. But when you're on the Delaware Bridge, you can identify, I'm on my way to New York because I need to pass the Delaware Bridge. I recognize the Delaware Bridge. Then I get onto the New Jersey Turnpike. I go exit. One, two, three. Every exit I pass reminds me that I'm on the right road to New York. New York. Mm-hmm. I'm getting closer and I could recognize this exit for where I am. But that doesn't mean you should get your eyes off the road and stop driving. Right. And not only that, when I'm at exit three, there's no way for me to really know what's happening at exit eight. There could be an accident that stores all the traffic. We've been there. Mm-hmm. You're driving along, going great, and then you just see the cars begin to get slow. And for the next two hours, you're in a traffic jam because there was an accident. And then when you get to the spot, you notice, wow, this car ran off the road, it flipped over. This was a three-car pileup. But when you went to exit two or three, you didn't know that. You couldn't know that. But when you get there, now you are there, you recognize where you are, what is happening, where you are, but you keep going going forward. And you don't have anxious thought, which reminds me of me when I have these long journeys. I'm always wishing I was somewhere much further along. Much faster. Yeah, than where I am. So when I'm crossing the, the, the um, Delaware Bridge, I'm wishing I was way up on exit eight. And when I'm at exit eight, I say, man, I wish I was on um, the Guthers Bridge, you know? I was right at, at my destination. I'm always wanting to be further along than where I am. Mm-hmm. Yet I could only be where you are, where, where I am. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I get anxious thought because I want to get there. I want to get there. So I'm having anxious thought. And sometimes Cynthia says, Hey, take your time. We'll get there. Be calm. In the same way, this is God telling Daniel, Hey, you will we'll get there. You rest. Don't take anxious thought. The wise will understand, Joel. And that's a key. The wise will understand. Simeon understood the birth of Messiah because he was a wise one, living righteously, searching the scriptures. And so when the signs, when, when the fullness of the time came, the spirit of prophecy was revived in him. He, and he could begin to pull scriptures together and, and everything and recognize that this baby, this ordinary baby that was coming in was not an ordinary baby, but was actually Messiah. Mm-hmm. Even John's father, Zechariah the high priest, the spirit of prophecy was awakened in him and he prophesied. After his doubting about who John would be, John's mission. And, and this is something that, that has been birthed in me, Joel, the sense that the spirit of prophecy is awakened at the right time, in these great junctures of history, 
to indicate to the wise what is happening, how to interpret what is happening around them in the light of scripture and to keep God's work moving forward, so to speak. People understand, the wise understand, but the wicked don't. They never understand because they're not living righteously. They're not in tune. What about those maybe who get anxious and may not necessarily think of themselves as being wicked, but get anxious and, and, and get caught up in the concern for what the future will be? Then we backtrack to verse 3. It says, those who are wise again will shine like the brightest of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars. That is where it comes in. So for those who are anxious, for those who are not wicked, who have not rejected the gospel, so to speak, but are trying to make sense of what is happening, that is where you and I come in, to lead them to righteousness. So every crisis that takes place in the world today should be an opportunity for God's children to shine like stars in a dark place, to give illumination and, and hope to those around us. So basically, understanding Daniel's prophecy is more about understanding the God who tells us, fear not, for I am with you until the end of the age. Thank you very much, Pastor. And uh, thank you to our listeners for being with us through this last two years and three months. Uh, and even right here as we end this episode, we are also really ending the first part of the Let Us Go Deeper project and taking a break. Uh, we are so grateful for your patronage and for the journey that we have taken together. And uh, even as we move into the future, we hope you will come along with us. We will uh, strive to try to keep you updated on our journey going forward and uh, when we will be able to again re-engage with you uh, on this uh, Let Us Go Deeper podcast. Mark says that the disciples were back and forth doing the work of God, you know, and it says they had no time even to rest or to eat, you know, because they were excitedly seeing people accept the message of Messiah Jesus. And just in the middle of that great excitement and emotion, Jesus Christ tells them, come apart and rest a while to renew, to refresh. And that's what you and I are doing. We've been making this journey and we've been, it's been exciting, but we just feel that need to come apart and rest a while, to regroup, refresh, and see where the Holy Spirit is going to lead us. And so we thank you again for having made this journey with us. And we hope that you will heed the call when we put out the word again that we are back on track. You can join with us and who knows where the Holy Spirit will lead us. Who knows? Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Thank you, everyone who's listening. And also, uh, just a reminder that you can always go back to the archives on our YouTube channel or on any podcast platform to listen to the last two years and three months of work that we have done. We believe that the work we have put out is um, will stand the test of time. And you can always use it as a, as a reference as you look through Scripture, as you study Scripture. And uh, Pastor, we've pretty much covered the whole scope of Scripture in, in many ways. We did. We, we, we did. Um, I don't... I don't want to use the word proud, but I, I feel satisfied that the body of what we put out there could bless anyone who goes through and reacquaint themselves with it. <laughs>